You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by Bill Bar. Go to Bilbo.com, use promo code Locked On, get 20% off that next order. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And I'm joined today by a very special guest, Blake Jamison, an artist for the Tops Project 2020. And Blake, how are you doing today? Doing great, man here in the studio working away and living the dream. So obviously baseball cards and top specifically are very synonymous with baseball fans. And, and you're an amazing artist that's, that's working with tops right now. And you're going to be doing the George Brett project and just kind of what went into that and, and how did this project get started? Sure. Um, I guess for listeners that don't know about tops project 2020, I'll start with explaining that a little bit and then kind of pivot into George Brett, which was my latest card to release on Tops. Uh, that was a couple of weeks ago. And so Tops Project 2020 is, Tops chose 20 artists, uh, contemporary artists, really in, in a lot of different kind of styles, which is really cool that they curated such a good group. And then each of those 20 artists are reimagining 20 iconic baseball cards. And so, there's a hand, I mean, there's a huge handful, most, mostly retired players. Mike Trout is the only active player um, as part of the project. But essentially, each of us artists are tasked with taking an iconic baseball card from Tops, a specific one that they give us, and then reimagining it in our own artistic style. And then they're launching that as kind of a print-on-demand product, which launches on Tops.com. And those cards are available for 48 hours. And then however many are purchased during that 48 hours is the print run. Uh, which then Tops announces. And so this project has been going since mid-April and it goes until the end of December. And it's crazy, like just consistently having work as an artist is is something that I think a lot of artists uh, want. And so like for me, like I feel very lucky, I guess, to be a part of the project, which has been awesome. And it's also cool for me because personally, I grew up collecting baseball cards. I grew up in the Bay Area, just north of San Francisco. I was an A's fan. I had A season tickets um, when I was before I could walk. And so it's just like, it's a really cool way to have like gotten me back into the hobby of baseball cards and back into like contemporary baseball. And it's just, it's been an awesome project, man. So when you got assigned George Brett as as your go-to card to to recreate here, and, and as you mentioned, getting a lot of work, especially in this day and age is, is great. But Talking about George Brett, how much research did you have to do into his playing career or into the kind of person he was as a player uh, to really get a vision for what you wanted this card to look like or embody uh, versus did you already have a, a plan that you were going to go to no matter who the player was? Um, I guess a little bit of both, to be honest. My George Brett card is a little bit unique in that the Project 2020 has kind of been this roller coaster where when it very first launched – there weren't a lot of people in the hobby that knew what it was. And so the print runs were very low. And because of that, the secondary market prices just started to like skyrocket and take off. 
And so if you look at the first 20 cards of the set, each of us 20 artists did one different player. My first card was Nolan Ryan. This artist that I've idolized for years, his name's Gregory Siff. He's a LA based artist, just phenomenal work. And his first card was George Brett. And I've always liked his work, but his George Brett card was just like epic. And it was at a time where like the project hadn't really caught in its traction yet. And so it was a very low print run, which is like basically since made it one of the most iconic cards of the entire, within the whole project 2020 set. There's a few cards that uh, Mike Trout by Ermsey, George Brett by Gregory Siff. Like those are a couple of the cards that are the most uh, sought after and also the rarest of the entire set. So when it came time for me to paint George Brett, I was looking more at that kind of iconic card and you know now we're pretty late in the project so the george brett that i've created uh just a couple weeks ago and launched on tops i was just as much of looking to like honor george brett i was also looking at like having a throwback that people would say oh this is kind of like the george brett at the very beginning of the project that is like one of the faces as far as the cards of the set go so it was kind of split there and if people that are familiar with the project, if you look at the George Brett by Gregory Siff side by side with my George Brett, I think that people can see like a little bit of kind of a tribute in that sense. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it was very like colorful too. Like I do these very like bright pop art portraits of athletes. I've worked in that space for almost the entire time that I've been a professional artist, which is the last five years. And so I think that um, I tried to kind of toe this line where like I'm giving a nod to the player. I'm giving a nod to the artist of the original card that remixed the original card that I'm doing, if that makes any sense at all. So with, with your art style, you talked about it a little bit. I, I like the, the bright colors and everything like that. What else would you describe as, as your art style moving forward? And just for your whole career, if people want to really pick out a, a Blake art style and, and look at something and know it's yours, what, what is kind of the defined features of your style? Sure. I think like, for me, the magic in art as a painter and the difference between like art as a photographer, which I definitely consider like sports photography, for example, is a very challenging thing to capture these moments and, and know exactly what camera settings you need and when to click the shutter. But I think that like a photograph only captures one magic moment from like one single perspective. And then you look at painting and like for me, I'm usually basing it on a specific photo, which is just one perspective in one moment. But I'm trying to capture more of the energy around whether it's that time period or that play or that player, like anything like that. I think that like painting art, you can capture one moment, but from a bunch of different perspectives and kind of smash that all together. And so I know that that doesn't give somebody probably in their head a picture of like, oh, what Blake's, what is Blake's art going to look like? So I think to put it in like more, uh, I guess, layman's terms of like my influences, I think like a Shepard Fairey or an Andy Warhol of their kind of like pop iconography that's just, you see their work and you just know who it is. I'm trying to navigate those waters with, with also not just duplicating somebody else's style and kind of creating my own around the art that I'm making. Yeah, I think that, you know, trying to, carve out your own path because I mean in every profession that you're doing you you have inspiration especially whenever you're creating some sort of content you have inspiration of of people you look up to or people you try to imitate a little bit and, and also trying to veer away from like you said you know 
pigeonholing yourself into that or also just outright mimicking that to the point where you are just a a great value brand version of who you're trying to be you really want it's really hard to kind of create your own lane in anything you're doing so i think that it's important to to try to find that that lane as easy as possible and so you talked about being an ace fan you know what has been your experience just as a baseball fan in general has this project gotten you closer to the game or have you always just been a diehard fan yeah it's a great question so I feel like my story is similar to a lot of people, a lot of my friends, at least, that are my age. I'm 35, and I grew up with A season tickets. Uh, Mark McGuire is my childhood idol, and I collected cards probably until I was like, I don't know, probably like 12 or 13 with my dad, and we still have this massive collection, which also is super fun to kind of go back down a trip down memory lane, but I, I fell out of the hobby basically when I turned teenager and hadn't really thought about baseball cards or looked at my past baseball cards until like now being 35. And so when I was recruited by Tops to do this project, I was already working heavily, very heavily in the sports portrait kind of scene, but more so with football players. And so as soon as I got recruited by Tops and I started, they started sending me the cards that I was going to be recreating I recognize a lot of these cards as ones that I either like had and treasured as a kid or like they were the chase cards that I wish I could have, but I didn't. And so it definitely brought me back into that nostalgia, that headspace. And, and since then, I mean, I'm very guilty of like being very deep in the project or very deep in the hobby now where like my PC is epic. And, and it's also so cool, like in the sports card world, everyone's so generous and so as soon as I kind of was able to get out online and tell people my story and what, why I was excited to create some of these cards like the Mark McGuire 1987 or the George Brett 75 rookie or a lot of these cards that are part of the set and explain like these were cards that I treasured as a kid, but I've fallen out of the hobby. People just started sending me cards and um, it's been awesome, man. I'm, I'm like fully back in it, which is a very fun uh, place to be. Yeah, you know, I, I love baseball cards and, and just sport cards in general because you always just go back and look at your collection. And you always find just some random player who is just a footnote in that sports history. But then you just see their card and you haven't thought about them in years. And you can just take yourself back to a time where, oh, yeah, that's that guy that did this or that for this team. And, and you just kind of remember a whole new story about the sport that, that you follow. I, I think that the, the sport cards are incredible. Totally. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. And for me, like as an artist – and for, I guess, a little bit of context is I didn't go to art school. I don't have any formal training at all. It has always just been a hobby and a passion of mine. And I worked in digital marketing on my 30th birthday. I decided to quit my job and do something that made me happy on a daily basis, which turned out to be painting. Um, oh, I don't even remember where I was going with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, okay. Sport, so sports cards, like in general, as an artist, before I got into tops, the business model was create one original painting for Drew Brees, create, and then I have to find my next client, create one original painting for so-and-so. And so like I had, you know, that's how I built my entire business. And then when I, when I kind of pivoted and started working with tops, which is more of a licensing deal than selling original artwork, all of a sudden my art is getting into like thousands more homes than it used to. And just the scale is just unbelievable and something that like 
I couldn't have even imagined when this, when I got recruited for this project, I knew it was going to be awesome. I was very excited about it, but I had no idea the potential of like, it's kind of taken on this life of its own within the hobby. And I know with everything that's happened in the last uh, eight months or so with COVID is been really bad for a lot of people, but because people were stuck at home without sports, they were looking for different things that they could kind of latch onto that would provide a little bit of positivity in their life. And part of that was baseball cards where it's this consistent thing that people can rely on. Tops is going to come out with new cards by these artists that the followers of the project are now kind of familiar with. And it just kind of has provided this relief that has been, I think, really fun for a lot of people beyond just the artists. So of this Tops project, and you said it goes through December, what, what has been the name that gets sent to you? Because you mentioned that Tops sends you the names of people you're going to they're going to duplicate their card or recreate their card, I should say, in your own image. What was the name that they sent you that just immediately got you excited before doing any further research and just glancing at the list that they sent you? What was that name that just popped out the page at you? Yeah, Mark McGuire, for sure. And so essentially what Topps did is they, they chose the 20 reference cards in advance, and all of us have kind of the same, the same 20 cards to work off. So one of them is the 1975 George Brett. One is the 1987 uh, Mark McGuire rookie. Um, there's a handful handful of cards, all of which are kind of iconic from Topps' archive. And so as soon as I saw Mark McGuire on the list, that was the one that I was most excited to create. And I mean, by far, it's my favorite card that I've made. It's It just... Uh, I don't know, growing up in the Bay Area, like I had a very like kind of personal experience and stories and connections with Mark McGuire as a kid, even when he was coming up in the minors. Um, my dad and I were really big fans and and we've been kind of like following him ever since then. And so like to get to actually create a card that would get, you know, created or published or whatever by Tops as a Mark McGuire card was like a dream come true. And then the crazy, like it kind of took this, it spiraled in such a good direction where the card uh, that I did of Mark McGuire ended up being covered by both Beckett and MLB.com because it's also, it was kind of in the height of the project where it was really just gaining all this traction and starting to get popularity. And so Mark actually saw the article that was written in MLB, followed the link there to like this YouTube video where I was talking about how much that card meant to me and why it was so important for me to create. And literally like the day that card launched the MLB article launched like that evening I was on the phone with Mark McGuire like reminiscing about spring training when he was in the minors like hoping to make the A's which is it's just so crazy like it comes full circle it's like 20 years later and here I am talking to one of my childhood idols on the phone as like a 35 year old fanboy. (laughs) That is a crazy story and coming up I want to ask you uh, just about the process here with Tops and the behind the scenes artwork that's coming up. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to Bilbo.com, use promo code locked on. You're going to get 20% off your next order. Built Bars are phenomenal. They have six brand new flavors caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, sia. Lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also have their 12 original flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, salted salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, peanut butter brownie. The spilt bars are soft and easy to chew. 
with 100% real chocolate on the outside. They're phenomenal for the health-conscious person losing or maintaining weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Check them out today. While supplies last, you're going to get a free cooler with every purchase at BuiltBar.com by using promo code LOCKEDON and getting 20% off that next order. These bars are phenomenal, great for pre-workout, great for post-workout, even great as a meal replacement. They're that good, so go to BuiltBar.com right now, use promo code LOCKEDON right now, and get 20% off of your order right now at BuiltBar.com. And so we're back on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am Redland Styles, joined today by Blake Jamison. And Blake, just this Tops project is, is really awesome. But I just want to know from your, from your perspective, you get this list of cards, you get this, these list of names, and you've got to figure out a strategy and you've got to figure out a design. You've got to figure out how you want to do this and how you want to implement this. How much yep. time did you have from the time that that list got sent to you until each card's due date? Did you have a two-week window? Was it... Was it larger than that? How difficult was it to really hone in on the actual design you wanted to do conceptually uh, from the time you got the list? Sure. So we actually, we all got the completed list at the beginning of the project back in April, but we only have due dates and it's usually like one or two cards out that we know like what our next card is. And so starting in April, each of us artists, every two weeks, we have a card that's due for tops and then it releases and it gets printed as a card. And so there are some artists that got the 20, the full list of 20 and then just went ahead and just knocked out all 20 artworks. Typically, like that's just not my MO. I like to kind of, honestly, like I work well under deadlines and I appreciate like having kind of a consistent schedule. And so I have intentionally like only been doing my cards as soon as I know that the due date is coming up and, and there's benefits to that in that because I was like grew up as a card collector and now I'm like kind of back in the hobby, I can be a little bit more interactive with the fans of this project where I will tell people, Hey, my next card is Roberto Clemente. Are there any Easter eggs that I should add? Or is there anything that I should know that I might not? Um, and I can, I can get like actual customers input which have influenced at least half of the cards that I've created have something that I wouldn't have known to do myself, but because I was doing it on the fly as they were due and I was able to tell, you know, the card community, Hey, this is the next card that's coming up. I've, I've got Ricky Henderson. What are you guys thinking for this one? Uh, and there, there's also times where, and Ricky's actually a good example of it, where I created two entirely separate artworks of Ricky Henderson. And then I just put it up as a simple vote. Uh, on Twitter, on my YouTube, uh, on su- on all social media, just saying, hey, which version do you like better? You know, comment below to vote, and whichever one gets the most votes is the one that will become the actual card from Tops. And so then we get all this bu- like kind of buy-in and engagement from the fans, and they feel like, oh, I'm so excited about this Ricky card because I'm part of the reason that this is the card that's being published. So you mentioned Easter eggs, and and I love finding Easter eggs in in, in any sort of content. What was your favorite Easter egg to create throughout this project so far? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, it's really buried, but there's a tiny donut in the Ricky Henderson painting. So I, I do like a lot of splatter paint for the backgrounds. And so we end up with kind of these dots of paint. And I basically just took one dot in Photoshop after I finished the painting and just like replaced it with 
a donut with A's colored frosting. Um, so that one was fun. Um, there is a lightning bolt um, in Mike Trout's arm, kind of on the shadowing um, for the, uh, what is it, the Thunderbolts for Millville, um, which was awesome. I mean, it's, it's super cool. And sometimes it's not even an Easter egg related to the player. Like, for example, um, I turned to Reddit for my Sandy Koufax card. I had not been really active on Reddit uh, in the past. And I just said, there's like a pretty active thread with this specific project. And I said, hey, my next card, Sandy, open any of your ideas. And there were a handful of Reddit users that, that wanted to see something that was kind of Roy Lichtenstein uh, inspired. And that entirely shaped kind of the way that that card came together. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's a really fun way to like kind of be interactive with the people that are ultimately going to end up collecting these cards and let them have a hand in making it. And so how can Royals fans get their hands on this George Brett card? So the card, it's the George, my George Brett card already sold on top like the 48 hour window is closed on tops and so i'm actually waiting to receive my cards which i expect to get any day this week and as soon as i get them in hand with all of my tops 2020 cards i will do an artist autograph series and i'll do like a one of one gold autograph five silvers and then various color uh autographs as well those are all just on blake.art which is my website and those will likely launch hopefully by the end of this week. I'm not sure what date this um, podcast will air. So let's see here. So we're looking at probably around the November 13th. And starting on November 13th, those cards will be available on my own website, Blake.art, and available until they sell out. So Blake, this was awesome. Let them know where they can find you, your art, social media, all that good stuff. Absolutely. I'm most active on Twitter if someone just wants to chat at Blake Jameson. Jameson is J-A-M-I-E-S-O-N. Blake.art is my website. I also do live streams on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash Blake Jameson every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And that's where people can literally see me painting the cards for tops. They can engage with uh, myself as well as other collectors and kind of have input on the process itself. So those are probably the best two spots. That's awesome, Blake. Thanks for taking the time today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Lockdown Royals.